This, ladies and gentlemen, is the shade. What is up? What's happening? This is the shade. Right here. On Active FM. With Gloire. Misesh. Tabo. And today, we are talking right. about everybody's <laughs> favorite cartoon. Yay. Okay, not just like one. We are discussing cartoons. Yes. Cartoons. Yeah. Animated series or feature films. Jeez. That we would love as children. That we love as children, yes. Yes. <laughs> and some of us still love now. Yes. Let, yeah. let us be honest, Glory. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I do have a few favorites, although there's some that I'm not necessarily able to still watch now just because it doesn't hit the same, but yeah. Mm. That's hectic. He sat down so happily, ready to watch his favorite cartoon <laughs> as a child, and afterwards he was so disappointed. Was like, ah, is that how he looked? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. Okay, so. We're going to be specifically discussing some shady things about cartoons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some dark things. So we have all done some research and we are now about to shed some light on the shade that needs to be untold or told to the world. The untold shade. Yes. That we are yeah. about to speak about. Okay, so I have one, right? And this I found on Instagram. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys know the series Fairly Odd Parents. You yes. know, right? Yes, yes we are familiar with an it. Average kid who no one understands, <laughs> right? Well, I love that show. Like that was one of my favorites growing up. And yeah. I, I actually found out something very, very interesting about it. Hmm. So the creator of the show, right? So the guy who actually like created it, drew it, all of that. Yeah. He is actually a Christian. Hey. And okay. when he created the show, at, unfortunately, he had to sell the rights to the show, which means that he no longer had like the say over like what got put in and stuff. But he did always try and have like a, a moral sound message that always like came through the show. So like as children were watching it, they would watch it and, you know, like they would learn life lessons or like moral value stuff. He That's obviously so cool. couldn't go outright and put like Bible verses and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. he would always like, you know, Timmy would learn a lesson. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like he'd learn to be grateful or he'd learn to be, to not take people for granted or he'd learn, you know, like different stuff like that. Yeah. And um, obviously nowadays, like I've, I've heard quite bad stuff about the show, like uh, like the, the fairies. Uh, apparently now, you know, there was Cosmo and Wanda and Cosmo was the guy, Wanda was the chick. Yes. Cosmo apparently is in fairies, guys are the ones that get pregnant. That This hey is yo. where the show is gone. So... Hey. Cosmo was pregnant and so they really like messed it up but originally it was actually made by a Christian and I actually found out that he's now gone on from Fairly Odd Parents and he's made his own cartoon that is fully Christian like they they it's like Veggie Tales but it's like if you can imagine the the Fairly Odd Parents version so like even the the way the the cartoons drawn the animation style like it literally looks they're animals now it's not humans i think it's a whole bunch of animals and it's called the garden um but the whole thing is is literally the creator of fairly odd parents who has gone now and created this christian show for kids called the garden which i think is so cool because like i'm even tempted to go and watch it because i like loved fairly odd parents so but i was shocked i was just like wow that is so cool (laughs) Yeah, Can I tell you something weird? Mm. Fairly Odd Parents is actually also one of the cartoons that I researched. 
Are you serious? No, I'm not even joking. What did you find out about it? Well, ha ha. <laughs> I didn't go into too much detail. I read a bunch of stuff and then obviously I don't remember the points right now. Oh, oh, yeah. so you were just like Neh. I was just yeah, I was I was scanning through and I was like, I'll go through this. Yeah, no. Yeah. I actually saw the guy, the creator of the show, he was actually speaking. Uh, so like they they'd like cut a short snippet of an interview with him. I was just like because I'd heard uh, yeah. you know what happened? I'd heard someone tell me about it and I was just like in my mind I was like, Oh wow, that's amazing. Well out loud I was like, Oh wow, that's amazing. But in my mind I was like, They're lying not they're lying, is it you know how there's like media and like there's like so much information yeah. out there that you, you don't know what's true. Yeah, I was just like mm. But then I saw it and I was like, Oh it's the truth. Yeah, wow. so that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I found a crazy one. Mm. <coughs> Ed. Oh! Ed. And. And Eddie. Oh, wow. Are dead. What? <laughs> they were dead the whole time. Let's talk. Why were they dead the whole time? So during the show, they were dead the whole time. The most obvious point is that no adults appear in a single episode of the show. That is true. Every single kid seems to live by themselves and no one ever even mentions parents. And guess what? <coughs> Every character has a pale complexion. That is true. And green or blue tongues. That is true. A color change that really ever happens when people die. That that is that is scarily very true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Guys, I don't know what is going on, but I actually also <laughs> looked up Ed Ed and Eddie. But surprisingly, when I read up on Ed Ed and Eddie, they actually said that obviously because it's a kid's cartoon the change of um color in the tongues was to represent you know after you've had gum or some sort of candy yeah, and then yeah, your yeah. color changes oh, that makes sense that yeah, and they the, said the, so the, i don't know that's actually quite confusing I, yeah i also theories. don't know how we could try yeah i think these are like <laughs> like fan theories yeah that is very dark probably though. a whole bunch of them but actually two facts that i picked up from edit and Eddie. first one is that it's canadian but second one is that it actually struggled to break out in canada so it broke out in other countries before it actually oh, happened wow. in canada hey, you know what it actually makes sense that it's canadian because the can canadians humor is like no like no other country's humor like the canadians do yeah so It'll take it actually makes sense that it's doing. canadian yeah 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 that's crazy man it's very crazy <laughs> okay go for it Oh wait, Gloria hasn't even gone. He's just like hopped on to us. Hey, I feel so, like he knows more than us. Say one. No. Say one. <laughs> Say one like what I just gave two, if not three facts. No, no, you, you gave just, them you first just and then hopped you hopped on to yeah, our bad exactly. But uh, we technically, if if we if we <laughs> if, we, <laughs> if we did the same, then okay. Did you guys do this one? <clears throat> so Garfield. I I I yes Garfield yes, yes. is actually. Hallucinating while starving to death. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shame. That's dark, man. What's wrong with people? Also, just like, why is this guy so lazy, man? Like, what? What is going on with this cat? But the yeah. truth is, he's actually hallucinating, which is how he sees all of those things, and he's actually starving to death. Shame. I just read that there's apparently a um, reference to this in a Halloween-themed comic, right? So Garfield woke up in a condemned and abandoned house and then he calls out for Odie and John but there is no answer. He then wills the illusion back on himself and continues his delusions about his family. Eee. That is that is very hectic. Interesting. Oh my goodness. 
Yeah, no, look. You can eat 10 times his own body weight and still feel hungry. Only cats that are starving to death do this. <laughs> Let's oh. talk. There's another cartoon that I looked up on, but I feel like you guys might not have watched it. Sash, because she's never watched Cartoon Network, and Tabo probably just never known the cartoon, but this one is called Great. Chowder. And yeah, <laughs> Chowder is a ni- nine-year-old boy who gets very angry when he doesn't eat, even in the smallest period of time, which is roughly like one minute. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, so it was this, I don't know what people would say, f- body shaming or fat shaming, but yes, he was a chubby kid who liked <coughs> to eat. And he's a mix between a cat, a bear, and a rabbit. Okay. Hmm. What is that? What, what? Why? Let me find a picture of Chowder so you guys can see. As for you guys who are listening, you can just Google Chowder um, and you'll find him there. Let's see. Chowder. Okay, I have one that's going to mess you all up. Are you ready? All right. Phineas and Ferb. Oh, no. So there's a couple of theories Leave to Phineas and Ferb, right? No. Okay, so number one, the real dad theory. So the gist of this theory is that Doofin Daddy <laughs> is Phineas's biological father. So Doofenshmirtz is actually <laughs> Phineas's <laughs> biological father. That knows. No way. That knows mm-hmm. so. so um, also, at, at the reference is that they have a similar head shape, which Phineas does have that really odd triangular <laughs> shaped head. And then also, firstly, being the son of a scientist explains why Phineas is so intelligent. It also answers why they appear to have infinite funds, possibly because of a trust fund or similar, um, similar that Phineas has access to. Phineas also appears to have little to no care towards any side effects caused from their creations. The giant roller coaster that goes through town, which caused multiple crashes. Um, they carved Candace's face into Mount Rushmore. I remember that episode. They made a time machine. They had a medieval jousting tournament and they built an escalator to the moon. And that's just the first half of season one. This is probably a hereditary defect from Doofenshmirtz. And if you think about it, that's what Doofenshmirtz is constantly doing. He's constantly building things. And then there we... Like, yeah. Oh. And then also, it's a possible that it's possible that Perry's mission, Perry the Platypus, is solely to prevent the meeting of father and son. If mm. they were to meet, the two geniuses could wreak havoc together, especially hey. because Phineas has a very moldable young mind. Hey. Yep. That's and then, I've heard this one before, the imagination theory. So the Phineas and Ferb theory says that the real Candace has lost her mind due to bad things happening in her life. The theory says that Phineas was her little brother and he was bullied a lot in school because other kids thought he was too nerdy. One day, a bully punched Phineas in the head really hard and it killed him. That day changed Candace forever. Candace couldn't deal with Phineas's death and so she built an imaginary world where he was still alive and playing with her stepbrother, Ferb. Ferb has a disability and can't talk or do much, but um, she, imagine, she imagines him and Phineas going on great adventures together. The real we- reason why her mother can't see the things that Phineas and Ferb build is because they simply aren't there. And that's why Candace tries to convince her mother um, the more crazy she becomes. And also, the villain of the show, Dr. Doofenshmirtz, is actually her psychologist. (laughs) (laughs) She's seeing twice a week. Yeah, And it started to put a strain on the family to try and pay for all these expensive doctor visits. And in desperation, her mother had an idea to write down all the fantastical stories Candace was telling her and tried to sell it to Disney as a show. And it worked. 
Oh. And the biggest bit of evidence that goes into this theory is in season two, episode 33, called The Wizard of Oz, where Candace goes into a parody of w- The Wizard of Oz with Doof as the Wicked Witch. This means that Candace knows about Doof and his evil intentions because, which, uh, because of which it could be inferred that Candace made Dr. Doof and Schmertz Perry their rival. Like, th- that's why she made them rivals. Rivals. That is wow. life-changing. Well, I guess somehow Phineas and Dr. Doofenshmirtz's head shapes are kind of they the are. same. And mm. also, not entirely. isn't the father British? That is in the, the, not like the father that's, that like their dad. That yeah, the yeah. dad isn't is he British. British? He is. And Ferb's British. Yes. Which makes sense in a way. But Phineas is not British. And his voice sounds But British. I thought he just took his mom accent, his mom's accent initially. But that's weird. Like, why would you like... He doesn't even look like his mom. He looks, he just has the red hair that his mom has. The rest. Mm. <coughs> anyway. <laughs> next Wait, one. Doesn't Ferb has green hair. But Phineas has red hair. Red hair, yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh. So here's a theory about Cars. Isn't mm. Cars the, the animation? The cartoon with Owen Wilson. Yeah. Uh-uh, so Jason Tochinski. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Tochinski's theory about cars is rather disturbing, but does explain a few things. Mm-hmm. It gets to the bottom of why the cars appear to be made for humans, but no humans exist there. He suggests that humans once did live there, and still do. This would explain why the cars still have door handles, despite no apparent humans to get in them. The different cultural clothing and the human political references yes and then that's also there yeah it suggests that the reason we do not see them is that at this point humans have evolved to live inside these cars controlling them like some sort of bizarre external suit that's crazy hmm i actually um there's a thing called the pixar theory right that all the Pixar films are actually joined together in one cinematic universe. In other words, all of them make sense, right? So must, I go through, so must I go through them, right? So 14th to 15th century, we have Brave, okay? And yes. in Brave, um, Merida is discovering the will of the wisps, which is magic. The magic turns her mother into a bear. This magic is why animals and in, in a, in a, in a, inanimate objects, so like brooms and tools, behave like humans, you know, the other films. Um, and magic was utilized by a witch who mysteriously vanishes through w- wooden doors. Eventually, the magic from the Will of the Wisps would lead to the birth of superheroes, which leads us to The Incredibles. Hey! So that moves on to The Incredibles. Um, and then eventually, um, toys start to absorb and draw their powers from zero points energy, which is... is um, a point within the Incredibles, unseen energy that travels in wavelengths, which then leads us to Toy, Toy Story. Story, right? Oh. Um, and then, so the first signs of life from toys are now present, and toys come up with a code of rules and learn that human love is another energy source upon which they thrive. These toys discover what happens to toys that are isolated from humans, which leads to Toy Story 3, and then um, that. So Toy Story 3... 
Um, the toys discover that it's dangerous for them to be isolated from humans. We start to see inanimate objects question their purpose in life. For example, Jessie resents her owner, Emily, for abandoning her. And resentment towards humans was not only carried by um, in, inanimate objects, but animals as well, which leads us to finding Nemo. Hey. Right? Then, because of that, animals became more, and more curious and carry more hum- humanistic characteristics. That then leads us to Ratatouille. <laughs> where a rat is literally becoming a wow. chef, right? <laughs> Which then leads to Toy Story 3. Three years later, toys have gone through a lot with humans. If you've seen the movie, you can tell why most of the toys have had it, being abused <laughs> physically and emotionally by humans. And yes. so um, eventually, they are all that they basically plan to live in solitude. That then leads to Up 2011 to 2016. Carl is forced to give up his house. Um, because of the corporation BNL and they're expanding the city. This is foreshadowing. Um, this corporation is the cause for polluting the earth and wiping out life in the distant future as a result of technology. Um, and Carl discovers that animals can communicate with humans and sees the bitterness that they have. And then Charles Muntz effectively trains an army of dogs. This is the start of the tipping points between animals and humans. Years later, the uprising between animals and humans begins. And who do you think won that war? Animals. <laughs> so that then leads us to cars. So when animals rose up against the humans to stop the pollution, the machines saved the humans and they won the war. However, since machines helped humans win, it tipped the balance on Earth. Machines slash BNL, which is from up, um, had to send the remaining humans off into space on a ship called the Axiom. All of the other machines were left behind to populate the world and run things. But how do we know cars took over Earth and not another planet? That leads to Cars 2. In Cars 2, cars go to Europe and Japan, which shows that it's the same planet as all the other Pixar movies. It also shows that there are no humans throughout the world. The world at this time ends up with an energy crisis as oil is the only only energy used for cars. Um, And then um, eventually the whole world becomes unfit to sustain life, which leads to... Come on, guys. Death. No! (laughs) Wally! You guys never watched Wally! Oh, that's so sad. So Wally is basically about how Wait, humans I went to watched, space. I yes. have watched Wally. Robots had come down to Earth. I didn't um, enjoy that cartoon. I, I like that cartoon. But then during the credits of Wally, we see the shoe that contains the last plant of life and it grows into a mighty tree, which then leads to a bug's life. Because oh. now life is starting again. Then it leads to Monsters University. So it says hundred, hundreds of years after Wally, animals started changing due to radiation caused by BNL. These animals evolved into monsters and accidentally wiped humans off the face of the planet. Monsters University was founded in 1313, the year. This is dated using the Monsters calendar, not the human calendar, and shows that it took place almost 14,000 years after a bug's life. At Monsters University, they falsely taught the monsters that humans were toxic and from another dimension. This was because monsters were worried about being erased from existence and altering history. And then that leads to Monsters Incorporation. Monsters and machines didn't realize their mistake of getting rid of humans until it was too late. They eventually realized that humans were their source of energy and needed to sustain life. Machines helped solve that by letting monsters use doors to time travel to the human generations. And this leads us to... Boo! You're no Boo, right? No? The, the little girl? No. You don't know Boo. I feel like I've From heard Monsters of... Inc. 
Oh, oh, boo, yeah. Boo, 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 I know. So literally, they say that the whole Pixar, Pixar universe, all the movies in Pixar are joined. Be, wow. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. Some hectic writing right there. It is. I don't know if it's true. I feel like it's just some crazy Pixar yeah, fan. That out person there. worked hard. And Renton was like, oh, I see the connections. Amy, yeah. you've been in your room for seven <laughs> days. <laughs> no, it's more like seven years. Seven seven years. Shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I have facts about a cartoon that we all know Johnny Bravo. Oh, Starting yes. off with oh, the first yes. one Elvis. Bravo, yes. Elvis. Yeah. So they said his voice is a mix of old and young Elvis. Makes hundred percent of sense. Ah. Yeah, well, some of us wouldn't Thank have you very picked much. That's it why that up. That. Yeah, <laughs> the only thing, yeah, you see, that's what we all remember—the the, the weird sound that he makes. Anyway, um, going on to the next point about Johnny Bravo, it says here there was a talk of a Bravo movie starring The Rock in two thousand and two. Yes, it says when Johnny Bravo was in the middle of its cartoon network run, Warner Bros. wanted to make the jump from animation to live action with a movie adaptation of the show and there were rumors that they wanted Dwayne the Rock Johnson as Johnny. <laughs> the Rock is apparently a huge Johnny Bravo fan which caught the attention of producers Marty Edelstein and Neil Neil Moritz. Plan obviously fell through and silent and since then no serious news on a renewed efforts to make Johnny Bravo movie has surfaced. Moritz and Johnson have since teamed up on the Fast and Furious franchise. Wow, and that is the rock. that is exactly how Johnny Bravo would have gone. Exactly how the Fast and Furious movies have gone. Nah, mm. I don't think they would have gone to like Fast Ten. No, as in like the the maturity of those films. Yeah, no, I'm glad they didn't do that. <laughs> I would not have watched well, that movie. I'm <laughs> just saying. I think it would have been good. No, like, no. In 2002, maybe you know. No, would have liked the Rock with blonde hair. Seriously. Probably not. Now. I don't think they were going to do that, would they? They would have done that. Otherwise, you... It was going to be a flop. Amen. Okay. Anyway, we have run out of time <laughs> to be to say the first thing. The second thing is that movie would have sucked. You put Kevin out there, it makes sense. Okay. okay. No, it wouldn't have. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Before any more crazy ideas come out, uh, we will be signing out now. We hope you enjoyed these crazy, funny, <laughs> crazy... I can't believe Garfield's starving. Garfield is starving, guys. Let's go save Garfield. This is intense, man. What are they? Why? Like, this is just disturbing. Anyway, this has been The Shade. From us to you. Fade to Shade. Radio has never been better, baby. This is Active FM. Go to www.activefm.co.za for more. Active FM. Radio has never been better.